Hello, thank you for joining me on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Let us begin with the confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, increase in us your gift of faith, that forsaking what lies behind and reaching out to what lies ahead, we may follow the way of your commandments and receive, receive the crown of everlasting joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be, for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses brothers and sisters mothers and children and fields with persecution and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Mark Twain once wrote, It isn't what a man has that constitutes wealth. It is to be satisfied with what one has that is wealth. In Jesus' time, it was believed that the wealthier you were, the more God had blessed you. Those who were poor must have done something that displeased God. 
Remember the story of the man being born blind? It was assumed because he was blind that he or his parents had done something to cause God to take the man's sight away. God was considered the one who either blessed or cursed every human being and smiled on those who were wealthy. Jesus completely turned that idea upside down when he declared that it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. That is why the man went away so distraught after hearing Jesus tell him to sell his possessions. He considered his possessions a declaration from God that he was blessed. He may even have thought that he would get high praise from Jesus for being such a good person. Instead, he left shocked, and I'm sure he was unsure of what he should do with this information. We will never know if he sold his possessions or if he went back to his comfortable way of life and refused to listen to Jesus. The disciples were also very confused. Yes, they had left all they owned to follow Jesus. Note that Peter was very quick to point that out. But they knew many people who were wealthy, happy, and assumed God had blessed them. The exaggerated example of a camel going through the eye of a needle emphasized how impossible it would be for a wealthy person to be invited into the kingdom of God. Mortals were not to assume that they could in any way influence God. God was not interested in their wealth. Only God could decide who was worthy of being a part of the kingdom. And that decision had nothing to do with material possessions. It was not what you had. It was what you were willing to give up to follow Jesus. Jesus made this perfectly clear when he said that many who are first will be last and the last will be first. In other words, those who were considered unworthy because of their status in the community may be the ones who have the better standing with God. It has nothing to do with wealth and everything to do with loyalty to Jesus and his teachings. Just as Mark Twain said, it isn't what a man has that constitutes wealth. It is to be satisfied with what one has that is wealth. Too much time and energy can be expended in accumulating more money and things. There is a certain amount of money we need to live comfortably, and there is a certain amount of material possessions we need to provide a home for our families. Beyond that, it may be that the more we have, the more we want, and we may never find true satisfaction. In concentrating on getting more for ourselves, we forget about others and their needs. That is what frustrates Jesus. When God created humans, he created them to be in relationship with each other 
and to be equal partners in the world. Over the years, the desire for power and wealth caused people to be anything but equal. We see many places in the Bible and throughout history where that has happened. People are not satisfied with being equal partners. The desire for wealth and power overshadows the care for others. This is something God desperately wanted for his creation. He wanted them to be in relationship with each other, always caring about each other. How many of us can say we are truly satisfied with what we have? I'm sure there are some of you who will affirm that you have everything you need and desire. But if that is the case, what makes us continue to strive for more? If you could have all the money you wanted and could do anything with that money, what would you do? Oh, it would be really noble to say things like donate to help the poor, start an organization to feed the hungry, or provide safe drinking water, maybe build homes for the homeless. But let's be honest. There is a part of all of us that is thinking about a new car, a new home, a great vacation, or something else that we can only dream about now. Jesus saw this happening to the people. He knew that their desire for wealth often overshadowed their desire to help the poor. They justified their wants by saying that God was blessing them with their abundance, and those who had nothing had fallen out of favor with God. No one wanted to hear Jesus say that the wealthy would not enter the kingdom of God. That went against everything they believed. We know Jesus was right. Eternal life and money have nothing in common. Eternal life is granted to us through our faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved by God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. It began in our baptism when we became a child of God. Nothing can separate us from God's love and mercy. As Jesus said, for mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. We cannot enter the kingdom of God on our own. Nothing we can nothing we have can buy us a place. But God freely welcomes us as one of God's children. Don't spend this precious time on earth in pursuit of things that will not bring you true happiness. Material possessions cannot take the place of spending time with loved ones and spending time with God. Strive to accumulate what you need to be comfortable and then find ways to bring God's love to those around you. Remember, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You can't take your possessions with you. Amen.
Using the words of the Apostles' Creed, let us confess our holy faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Uniting God, you call forth different gifts in different people. Help us to welcome these diverse gifts and the people who use them to further your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nurturing God, you bring forth crops from the soil and bounty from the trees. Bless all who toil in the fields and the orchards and keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Empowering God, open the hearts of our government leaders to show compassion and love to all people. Be with all those in military service and their families, especially Andrew Grau. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sheltering God, provide care and compassion to all who suffer, especially those listed in our bulletin, those we carry in our hearts, and those we name aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renewing God, you bring forth life out of death. Help us to let go of what is no longer beneficial and open our hearts to where new life is budding in this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, we thank you for the lives of those who have died in the faith. Guide us as we try to follow their example. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers of God and those in our hearts known only to you, 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace, remember the poor. Thanks be to God.